What do you want to kick off? You want to talk about uh, end of the month? We'll be at Arizona Tiki Oasis. Oh, yes. So if you're listening to this before April 27th, uh, 2023, you can come on down to beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona, the Valley Ho Hotel. Where right. We'll be hanging out in various states of inebriation. That's right. And then Sunday morning, the 30th, April 30th, I'm giving a talk on the Enchanted Tiki Room. That's right. And where all those tiki gods came from. I'm very excited for this. Yeah. Uh, It's going to be fun. Uh, I did not plan on going, but now thanks to Dave uh, needing uh, an assistant and having an extra ticket, very happy to go down and uh, imbibe and party it up and help you with your talk. It's a lot of fun. At the hotel Valley Ho. We've only both been to the very first one. That's right. Uh, Baby Doe and Otto were nice enough to give me two tickets. So very kind of you them. You can come along and um, we're staying at a, a uh, it's, it's, uh, I've been told there aren't as many murders at this hotel we're staying at. So it's classier. That's true. The Hotel Valley Ho is much classier. Not to be confused That's, with down the street, uh, the Hotel Ho Valley. Yes. Uh, that one, lots of murders. Lots of murders. Yes. And for good reasons. Yeah. Yes. And so we're gonna hit a we're gonna hit a uh, Waffle House. Oh yes. Oh, I'm so good. You're Arizona. Can't wait. First, the closest one to my house is six hours away. I will say it is weird going into a Waffle House sober and yes. during the daytime, but I'm still all for it. I've never been to Waffle House at night. <sighs> I I I want. You are missing the prime <laughs> Waffle House experience. When we were in Atlanta for Inuele last year, uh, there was a Waffle House like two blocks away, but it closes. What? And I'm like, close the concierge of the hotel. I'm like, it closes. He goes, yeah, you don't want to be around that place at, at, you know, after like 11. I'm like, that's two blocks away from our hotel. But the hotel was fancy and nice. Yeah. And I found out in Atlanta, there's parts that are beautifully nice and parts where at that Waffle House, you will be stabbed. Oh, so mean, they closed at like 10 or 11. It is early. a Waffle House. It is a Waffle House. So uh, so cheap though. So delicious. So delicious. Oh my goodness. So good. This This show brought to you. By Waffle House. That's right. I wish. Oh, my goodness. Uh, That'd be a hell of a sponsor. Oh, I would love it. We wouldn't lie at all. We would just be promoting the hell out of them. I will unabashedly talk about Waffle House forever. Here's the other thing. Uh, For Tiki Oasis 2020, Mm -hmm. the one that was canceled, they had Shag make a mug. Oh, really? And this thing is gorgeous. And I bought one. Probably the most expensive mug I ever bought. And I even got it at a discount. And I still complained to myself about it. But- it says Tiki Oasis 2020, so I think I'm going to bring it mm. so I can have a drink at Tiki Oasis with this Tiki Oasis shag mug. There you like go. It has to be like baptized. I think it has to be baptized. I'll probably drop it at some point and be upset. Just throw it at Shag. There you drink go. Drink it and then throw and it at Shag. Fuck it at him. That's right. That's where I, I met Shag. And at the first one, I gave him a copy of my book and I wrote something like, you know, keep pursuing your goals. Maybe one day I'll reach your dream. Like I wrote something like that, like keep reaching for the stars, yeah. young man. And handed him the book and he's like, oh, cool, a book. <laughs> I always wanted to, uh, and maybe you should do this at your talk. Uh, we'll have Jess make a bunch of duplicates of that rare shag mug. And during your talk, whenever you finish a drink out of it, you smash it into the ground and then ask for another <laughs> And then it'll bring you out another shag mug that you can smash. Okay, here's a true story. I stole this joke from Eric Idle from Monty Python. Okay. He did this on Saturday Night Live, uh, like in the 80s, and I stole it from him. Because he's talking about filming Life of Brian, and he had this old vase that he had that was he found in the desert in Tunisia. Yeah. And then he goes to hand it to somebody and drops it. It shatters. <laughs> so I did that. I was passing around real pieces of, of pottery that I got in Israel when I was in an archaeological 
trip there in college. And then I had an old pot that just, I think it was an old color me mine pot. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and this is very rare. Cause look, it's and the people are like, oh, it's actually got the color still on it. And I hear go, and I, I felt so bad for her cause I went to hand it to her and I just let it slip and it just shattered on the whole clashes <laughs> gas. The worst part about it is I couldn't even pretend to be angry. As soon as it hit the ground, I'm like, oh my God, I was laughing so hard. Like it probably, my TA is like, it would have worked better if you hadn't have just started laughing yeah. maniacally as soon as it hit the ground. Just try to try to like exude anger. <sighs> but the, they, the whole, the, I just heard this like 40 people just go <gasps> at the same time and it cracked me up and she was horrified. I'm like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's just... So I did it one time. That's fantastic. Yeah. It was uh, a good bit. Maybe we should bring it back for your talk. We'll, we'll right. figure this out. All right. <laughs> just, just break a couple of rare shag mugs. There you go. In front of the crowd. <laughs> So Tiki Oasis, if you're in the area, come by and see us. It'll be a lot of fun. Please do. I'll, I'll have copies of Skipper Stories and more Skipper Stories that I will be autographing at the event. Yeah, I will say that. If you, if you are listening to this and you are at Arizona Tiki Oasis and you see us, come say hi. Yes, please. Uh, don't We're assume so that I am like, <laughs> yeah, like I am like confident and not shy meeting people. Yeah. I, I am. I don't like going up and assuming somebody want to talk to me. So yeah. if you see us, say hi. Say hi. I'll just talk to literally anybody. You will. I will. You, that's got, where we differ. I've got problems. I'm just like, <laughs> friends, strangers or friends you haven't met. <laughs> Hello, friend. They're like, get away from me. <laughs> Creepy ass man. Did you want to get the second half of that question? Second half of the question. Remember the, what weird ticks do you have from Disneyland? Oh, yes, I do want to. Uh, that would be a great. Okay. Uh, you want to uh, set it up in case uh, they missed the last yeah, episode or forgotten? La- last episode, which why haven't you listened to and downloaded? <laughs> uh, we gave away the, the four keys for financial success. That's right. Um, Chat GPT prompts for <laughs> million dollar businesses. Million dollar businesses. Uh, was for cast members, what weird quirks did you learn as a cast member that you still do when you go to the park? And so today I want to talk about what weird quirks... Cast member quirks do you do outside the park? Oh. And I want to lead with one that okay. was a spectacular fail. Yes. So I got a grant from the, the National Endowment for the Humanities to spend a summer in Boston. I was there for eight weeks working at Boston College, working on my book. But I'd been in Boston literally three days. And I okay. visited the town just a couple times. So I'm there in Boston um, by Boston Common. And I'm just walking around. Uh and I see this couple looking at a map and without thinking, I walk up to him. Hey folks, what can I help you find today? Yeah. And as I said it, I went, holy crap, you're not from Boston. And they showed me the, oh yes, please help us. And they showed me the map. And I'm like, I don't even oh, know where no. I am on this map. <laughs> I was in so much. So I tried to figure out where we were and then show them where to go. And I'm like, oh, I got to stop doing that. But I would see people with a map and I would just walk right up. Hey, folks, how can I help you find something? Today? Is Boston a grid system? Kind of. But also it's that old 1600s. Let's just put some wiggly lines in the middle of it. <laughs> it's grid-ish. Yeah. But if you don't know where you are in the grid, that still doesn't help. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, that's when you just send them a couple of streets up and over. Yeah. And then it's, then it's, so you then have, it's that murderer's problem. <laughs> <laughs> you point them in the direction you're not going. So if you that's see right. them later, you're not like, oh, sorry, I'm not from here. So... I do stuff like that all the time. Weird Disney, my weird Disney perk or quirk. I, I think you when, once you're a cast member or once mm-hmm. you work for a theme park or anything like that, you walk around with an air of confidence to you yeah. uh, that um, people tend to assume, 
oh, you work here. Yeah. Uh, and it also doesn't help that I walk around Target with a red shirt and a name tag. That's true. Um, that's I, my fault. I wear an orange vest at Home Depot. Just feel I feel better that way. I'll own that. Yeah. But, uh, that's 100% Disney's fault that I'm like that. I, it is. Uh, for those of you that haven't gone through a Disney University, it's a training course they do when you first hire in. Yes. If you've ever seen the movie THX 1138, it's fairly similar, uh, <laughs> where they just kind of hold your eyes open. That is a deep cut. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, but no, they, they, uh, they do a very good job of kind of, uh, gently brainwashing you spoonful of sugar. Yep. Um, but, uh, my favorite thing was, uh, when we worked there, you could tell what group was Disney university moving through the backstage. Yeah. And so whenever we'd see them, uh, me and Joey would skip up to them like very happily and go like, I just love Michael Eisner. And we just skip away. It was really fun. <laughs> they were so scared because they give you like paper name tags. Yeah. And they're like, you're not allowed to talk to any guests. That's right. Just point them to your lead and they'll take care of it. And we're like, okay. Uh, I wanted to, to see, would you be open to talking about a uh, skipper show this episode? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe start, start talking about it. Yeah. Cause it, when when we touched upon it last episode, it kind of jogged loose a couple of, of fun memories. Let's do it. Should I give a quick uh, intro? Absolutely. So can tell your story? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Quick story about, about the Skipper show. It started in 2006. Sounds about right. I think, yeah. And uh, I was running a comedy show with some friends of mine at the Maverick Theater in Fullerton, which is still there. Great theater and real nice people that run it. And uh, it was a great show. We had a lot of success, but it was hard to keep that up month after month after month. Yeah. It was a grind. And get people to come in. And I said, hey, what if I do a show where all the performers are Jungle Cruise skippers? And it's like a Disney thing. And and they were like, I don't think that's going to work. I'm like, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to pay the rent. And I'm going to see if this works. And, uh, and at this point, we the show had started to lose money. And then I decided to do a skipper show. And my wife's like, so you've been losing money, right? I'm like, yes. She's like, and now you want to do this by yourself. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and not have other people help you. I said, Yes. And so, but we sold out. We never had a show that wasn't a sellout. Yeah. Clo- like ticket sold out success. So we did the Maverick for years, mm-hmm. years and years and years. And then we finally stopped doing it as much. And then we shifted to the Brea Improv, which That's felt right. very professional. We were uh, on the marquee under Polly Shore one time. That yeah. That was very fun. Yeah, that was, that was, a, that was a low point for, <laughs> for me professionally. Uh but it was, but I thought, we, why don't we start talking off with the Maverick years? Absolutely. Because that's when, because the Maverick was, like, the improv is great, but the improv is is a bar that happens to have a stage where they have comedians perform. Correct. Where this was a theater, like a living, breathing, like the sets were always different. Yeah. And there were props lying around, and we had a green room to hang out in. Yeah. And like a curtain, and it was a legit small theater, and it was just, it led to so much creativity. It was uh, an extension of working Jungle Cruise, it, really, it was. It really was. It was very nice. Um, yeah, I'd completely forgotten about the Fuzz Fuzz show that you mentioned, the the last one. Oh, yeah. But so many weird things happened at the Skipper Show and because of the Skipper Show. Yeah. Uh, I do remember one time, because around that era, it was when myself and Joey Hurley, who is a hilarious human being who uh, currently is apparently like a TikTok famous cast member at Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, it's weird to see him at Rise of the Resistance. Had no idea. Cuz I don't I don't want to badmouth him cuz he is a good friend of ours. He's he's working for the Empire. He is. And that's not doesn't surprise me. 
knowing him for so many years. <laughs> Doesn't surprise you? No. I'm like, man, you got Luke, you got Leah, you got... No, no, you're going with, with Vader and uh, Emperor Palpatine. That's All right. right. It's uh, like bigger paychecks, I'm assuming, but uh, still. I'm sure the perks are grand I in bet the they Empire. Are. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it works great for him because he can say whatever he wants because they're prisoners. They aren't guests. Ooh. Yeah. See, I haven't been on that attraction. That right there would entice me to go to the dark side as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give him the old one finger point. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, at the time of Skipper Show, we were a comedy duo. We would like uh, we would be like Hope and Crosby the entire time. Yep. And so every time we'd go on stage, it was a duo. And we every time we would do it, we would try to come up with something that was just bizarre and abstract. Yes. And I remember the other day, uh, probably the most uncomfortable I've ever been on stage was <laughs> we had. I know where you're going. I yeah, love it. And uh, as I'm saying it out loud, this would never fly nowadays. And this is a different <laughs> time. So uh, please don't uh, judge me too harshly on this. But uh, it was a, it was the Thanksgiving show. Yeah. And so Joey came out dressed as a pilgrim. And I came out dressed as an indigenous person, which nowadays, but no d- thank describe you. Describe the costume. It was not a costume. It was just a, a small piece of, of cloth. Small. Very small. Small leather loincloth. Uh, I mean... Not too small, because it still had to cover up some of the stuff. Am I, am I right? It was very small. Uh, but um, I've never been more uncomfortable on stage because when we got out there, and the joke sounded hilarious when we were coming out up at Denny's, but the second you have to come out on stage in nothing, and I'm not a fit man i was fine you were like 130 pounds i was thin yeah but there was nothing covered me up yeah and we had a bit uh halfway through our set which was god creating all of the animals that's one of my favorite bits you guys ever did it was a very fun bit and it was very uh inspired by uh eddie izzard and and all those very smart comedians uh, but I would put on a God wig and beard, yeah. but I still had nothing on. <laughs> so there's probably one, I think there's one picture floating around of this and it was, uh, it was rough. It was Although awesome. I, I complained, but Joey had to talk me out for years. I wanted to do my big thing. I wanted to do on stage was a bit where I was so nervous being on stage doing comedy with him that I peed my pants <laughs> and I wanted to really pee my pants on stage. I wanted to wear white jeans wow. and pee my pants on stage. That would have been a thing. Just to see how that feels in front of an audience. <laughs> and he never let me. Good for Joey. He's a smart guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the thing with the Skipper show, I, I only had one rule going into it and it was just be funny. Cause some comedy clubs are like, Oh, you can only, we don't want you joking about these things and you go this and that. I'm like, just be funny. I don't care. And the other thing about comedy clubs is when you go, uh, you start off with the newest comic who's not very funny and you get like openers and it kind of goes up to the headliner, yeah. the big one. And I came from the theater world where in a theater world, you start big and you end big. So mm-hmm. I would come out with the biggest, you know, who I thought was the funniest first, go out there and hit it. And then we always had new skippers trying it out. And sometimes they were great and became regulars. And sometimes they weren't great and never came again. Yeah. Uh, one guy we took and out in the alleyway and beat him, but that's a different <laughs> point. 
he had he had a blanket party coming. But um, I would put I would. Put <laughs> what them. is a blanket party? A blanket party. I have no. I, I've never heard this term. Oh, all right. Well, somebody's asleep in their cot, and then you you, you have a bunch of guys pull hold the blanket down so they're now trapped and can't move, and then you just beat them until you're tired. It's just, it's a blanket party. Haven't you ever seen um. Uh, what's that movie with Tom Cruise and uh, the, you can't handle the truth. Oh, they a give few a, good men. Few good men. They give a guy a blanket party what? and uh, yeah, you, everybody holds you down because you're now you're trapped. You're yeah. basically like a mummy and then your squad beats you up until you're murdered. And then <laughs> Tom Cruise has to come find the truth. He and Demi Moore. Is that what the truth he's finding out? Yeah, about why this guy got beat to death. Jack yeah. Nicholson has Jack a Nicholson blanket party. Knew, he didn't know what was going on, but that he was okay with Soldiers getting taught a lesson. I've never heard this in my life. <laughs> really? And spoiler alert on A Few Good Men. I've Sorry. never seen God it. God damn it. Sorry. Oh, no. Sorry. Uh, but Tom Cruise plays convincing straight man in that movie. He's quite good. <laughs> quite convincing. Uh, you, you almost bite. You almost do. So, yeah, blanket party. Um, I know the worst. I'm a Raider fan. We know things. So is Beach Blanket Bingo about them beating Frankie yes. Valley to death No, Frankie on the beach? and Annette finding other people and beating oh. them to death. Um, but so anyway, so... I wanted the Skipper Show to start strong and end strong, so I purposely mixed it around. Like, if you closed last time, you're the opener next yeah. time. I, everybody got moved around except for you and Joey, because oh. I got so many complaints <laughs> that I don't want to follow them because you can't. How do you follow a guy in a loincloth with with a beard talking about being God and creating penguins and whatnot? It's true. It's so funny. Uh, jellyfish, venomous plastic bags. Venomous plastic bags. That's what I still call jellyfish. <laughs> I, I would think the third unofficial rule was uh, never let the OC register write an article about us <laughs> because it brings in the wrong crowd. It really does. That was, uh, there were two shows that were horrific. Oh. That was the first of them. As What happened at the Maverick was the OC register wrote a very nice article about us. Super nice. A great picture of you on yep. the, the front page. Yep. Uh, and we got the wrong crowd in that uh, a person wheeled themselves out mid-set. Yeah. My mother, who at the time was 85, okay? 85-year-old woman. Uh, not a young woman when you're 85. You're no, no longer young. She comes to the show, and it's a sea of gray hair. And they yeah. hated every joke we did. They did. After the show, my mother, who was 85, comes up to me and goes, well... That audience was just a bunch of old people. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they, they, and then I thought, uh, our friend, former Imagineer, Kevin Lively, I thought he did this great bit. I said, Kevin, at that show, you killed it. He's like, no, Dave, that's something you said. Nobody laughed and they hated me more because of it. <laughs> I'm like, really? Cause he's, he was very young. I said, Hey, you'll love this next comic. He'll remind you of your grandson. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Adam Rotella. Yeah. Cause I, I usually go out and I would do 45 minutes. I, I would talk too much at skipper shows. Let's you, just be honest. You got I, the, uh, Dave got the, uh, the nickname after a couple of shows yeah. of HBO special Dave because <laughs> if he got a, if he got a rise out of the audience cut to 45 yeah, minutes later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's really bad of me. Yeah. But I would, I would go, if they were laughing, I was going, but this one show, but I would try to do like a political joke or a religious, I would try to like move it around like a Disney joke. I wanted to see what they liked. Yeah. And I would tell everybody, listen to my set and see what you can tell what they, they didn't like anything. And so I was working hard. And after like 20 minutes, I got them to laugh at one thing and I'm like, okay, that's it. And I bring in the first comic and I, I walk back 
I walk back there. I'm like, guys, this audience doesn't like anything. Do your most Disney material. Don't do anything blue. They hate it. Adam Martell looks at me. Okay, boss. Walks on stage. The very first thing he says, very first thing after last words he heard from a human were, keep it clean, keep it Disney. They don't like stuff. Yes, sir. Walks on stage. You know, a lot more people are having sex with animals than we're led to believe. <laughs> and you can just hear the crowd go... <gasps> And I just, and it was, but the silence and one of my other rules in the, and the thing was don't drink before you go on stage It like ruin. And so I looked at like, remember Jeff Wheeler? Oh yeah. Who still works for the park. I looked at me and said, I want a beer. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we were all drinking before yeah. the show was even halfway over. And the second show, new audience, but same jokes. Yeah. We, we blew the doors off that. Just place. like a jungle cruise boat. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Some days the jokes work. Some days they don't. But yeah, you were you and Joy were the nightmare of that show. Nobody wanted to follow you guys. And then we we kind of went down a rabbit hole over the years, uh, where it went from like, how do we do something unique that uh, will be entertaining for everybody, to how do we entertain ourselves and alienate the crowd? Yes, uh, and that that hit the head at the uh, the Day Molay Center you show. Wanna, you want to say that? We're saving it. Yeah. We should do a we should do a third topic for okay. this one. We could do a quick one. Most overrated Disneyland ride. Oh, okay. Overrated Disneyland ride. Okay, so for for our, our final topic this yes. episode, yes, the most overrated Disneyland. Yes, ride? and I would like to hear people's opinions on this. I would love to hear. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll open up a a, a, a poll yeah. or a question thing in our stories after yes. this, because yeah, I would love to hear that. Um, do you have one uh, top of mind? No. for you that <laughs> you, you you absolutely hate. Um, let me I'm, think. Let I'm me trying think. to think about it. Overrated I'm, or just you personally hate? What you think is the most overrated. Okay, already bagged on Lincoln. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, don't you dare. <laughs> that man got shot in the head for our country. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll start with the uh, agreed upon one. Pinocchio's Daring Adventures. <gasps> How dare you? Get that out of here. What that. is that? I love that ride. Why? What about that ride do you love more than Indiana Jones? Well, it's different. I like it when you're when you're you're going in and they put you like the cage is going down on you, like you're going into the cage because okay. you're turning into a donkey. Yeah, that's cool. I don't know, man. I like it. I don't. I I don't like the movie Pinocchio in general. Okay, well, so that yeah. probably doesn't help. Okay, uh, but I also don't like the the Cliff's Notes version of those movies as you go through the Fantasyland rides. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's my problem. Okay. And I, I haven't been on the new Snow White where they apparently fix it. Yeah. So it's not just, you know, uh, somebody getting murdered by a boulder and then end of the ride. Uh, yeah, she's screaming and get hit by lightning and then you open the door and... That's it? Yeah. End of the ride, get yep. off. Yep. It's like there's murals painted on a wall and then uh, please exit to the left. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. your sticky hands. Get out of here. Exactly. I, I don't know what it is about. And, and tell me if uh, you agree with this, uh, you and our listeners. When you go home from Disneyland, it feels like your hands have gloves on them. For some reason. Because everything's sticky. Everything's sticky. Because children just, touch everything. Yeah. Imagine, well, remember working at Jungle Cruise, you had to, they don't do it anymore, but you had to physically grab people by their elbow. Yes. And put them from your right hand to your left hand. Yeah. So you were grabbing their elbow with both of your hands and people were sweaty or gross or they smelled yeah. or they're just covered in um, sunscreen. So yeah. your hands, every, you, I would just go back and wash my hands every break. Yeah. Just go back because they just were so Ugh. filmy. So yeah, 
Just uh, a lot of humans touching anything are going to make things sticky. Humans are weird. Pinocchio's daring adventure. You, you can feel that's, free to leave. I'm saying that's controversial. He's kindling to me. I'm saying controversial. That's the controversial one I to you. I think so. I'm dying to hear what you think oh, is the controversial well, one. Uh, buckle up. Because I'm fighting you on the Pinocchio one. Submarine voyage. Oh, that was mine too. Get it out of here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Takes up like a quarter of the Tomorrowland area. Yes. Yes and yes. It's beautiful and cool. Absolutely. But it needs to go. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, but even no, with the Nemo overlay. Yes. Yeah. Even with the Nemo, because it takes up that whole back half of advent, that's all where Autopia is. Yeah. Is just the underneath of the submarine ride. Right. But it really, you should get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to go bye bye. It's, it's beautiful. Yes. It is beautiful, but yeah. What? And also. Overrated. Good God, these submarines from the 50s, yeah, uh, terrifying to get in nowadays. Fun story. Uh, former Imagineer, uh, awesome guy, Michael Libby, oh, was on the team that helped bring that back. Really? And the, he said, here's the projections on how quickly, um, like they were estimating how many boats they could do in an hour, okay. so how many guests. And he had to tell all these big Imagineers, he was a young kid, all these big Imagineers, you guys are all wrong. It will take double that time. Like, why? He goes, none of them had actually worked at a park. Like, one of them was like, oh. well, I'm an engineer at Harvard. I don't have many bodies. Because Harvard people, that's all they finished starting <laughs> off with. They woke up, oh, Harvard. So they were explaining why they know this. And, and he's like, well, I'm the only one that actually worked that attraction. And people have trouble with the spiral stairs. Yeah. And he goes, and frankly, that's the only place on earth you still see spiral stairs. So people are bigger now than when they were reopening it as Nemo. Yeah. He goes, people are heavier now. They're not used to stairs like that. It's going to take a while to load the boats. And he gave them a guess on how long it would take to load a boat. And he was within like 10 seconds of Good his prediction. For him. He's like, this is how long it's going to take to load them. And Imagineering's like, no, we can do it in half that time. He's like, I worked there. This is how it's going to function. <laughs> and that was... Why I liked when Disney has Imagineers like him or like Kevin Lively or Casey, someone who actually worked in the park. Yes. So they know this is how it actually operates in the real world, not some yeah. bizarre fantasy. Yeah. yeah submarine Voyage. Tear submarine. it out. They'd they put something like the Tron light cycle in there or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or they'll put Avatar. Big fan of Tron. Oh. Love me some Tron. Tron's okay. I, I'm upset that they're planning on putting Avatar somewhere at Disneyland, they said, which means California Adventure. I, I know, mark my words. In fact, I'm going to put this on the podcast now so that way uh, I, I seem like I know what I'm talking about. I believe that they are going to take over the airfield area. Um, oh. They're going to change the film on Soren. It's going to become that Banshee ride. And then they can modify um, the, uh, the forest area to turn it into... Uh, Pandora. Pandora. Yeah. Which is a great app. A great streaming great app. music app, yeah. Those the Pandorans are very uh, good with their music. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my guess. Uh, but yeah, uh, Submarine Voyage can happily go away. Submarine Voyage. Those little fart cigars uh, that you sit in. Uh, funny story, um, one of our friends, I won't out them on this, but uh, was a uh, Submarine Voyage yeah. uh, pilot. Yeah. And they got fired uh, because uh, they were playing Game Boy while driving the submarine. <laughs> and apparently there's markers that show you on the ride because you're above yeah. the water line yeah. when you're piloting it. There are markers that say, all right, here's where you start to break because they're massive and they take forever to stop. Yeah, And because they were playing Game Boy, uh, they missed that. 
by a lot. And then they came oh to and they're God. like, oh my God, I need to brake. And so they hit the brakes way too late. <laughs> and apparently what happens is it's not just oh, the nose of yeah. the submarine slamming into the other submarine. There's yeah. giant bumpers to make sure these things don't uh-huh. slam into each other. But the bumpers are rarely used. So when it happens, it's massive. And so it was it what happened is he hit the other submarine at the dock and it just went <laughs> like this crazy sound and things were uh-huh. rumbling and stuff. And they got fired. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I could see that. Wow. Yeah. On the, I just knew from a guy that worked there that the air is vented out the, the top where you stand. Oh, really? So that, that's where like the air in, like the air gets sucked in there, but also gets blown out there. So he said every fart gets right. He goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, when you're in there, especially on a summer day, you smell every armpit, all the shoes and all the farts. He goes, it just comes by you all day long. He goes, it's one of the reasons he asked to get, this was a guy that was there in the seventies. This is why I asked to get trained somewhere else. Yeah. Cause it would smell so bad in the summer. All these stinky passengers. I don't know what it is. Uh, but the second you're in that submarine, it feels like you have to fart. I, I do it on purpose. I'll like eat a lot of beans and hold it. I'm like, gotta go the right. No, I don't. But uh, you run across the street to Taco Bell real exactly, quick. Exactly. Exactly. Straight to the submarine ride. Straight to the straight submarine voyage. But I like, like as a kid, like the bubbles and the and the mermaids oh, yeah. and the whole thing. It was so fun. Absolutely. And uh, but you're like, yeah, this this is just really big and has to go. It's a lot of real estate. It is a ton. It's it's got to be one of the largest attractions there. And. I mean, maybe in the 50s, it was like, uh, oh, wow, what a dream to ride in a submarine. But yeah. now, like, no, thank you. Yeah. Now they're just used by Colombian drug smugglers. That's <laughs> that's are using submarines. Right. The Navy and drug smugglers. Those are the two people that have That's actually the new end submarines. scene is Nemo smuggling cocaine <laughs> past the- uh, Past the border sc- into, into, into Sydney Harbor. That's right. It makes sense. Yeah. Go find that Nemo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You'll never find Nemo. That's why he had the energy to go find Nemo. He was just, <laughs> Marlon was just, like twitching the whole time. But uh, it's cool with the underwater projection and stuff. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it just, it just, yeah. Yeah. I was going to, if I had a second one, I've got to say it's it's the one I just still love to hate, Star Tours. Oh, you still hate it Star has, Tours. It has no business being in Tomorrowland. That's fair. Because it's about a long time ago in a galaxy far away. That's true. So by definition, doesn't belong there. And it's not great. And especially now where you time travel. Yeah, it's yeah, it's all over the place they now. Keep their narrative going. I will say, uh, we just got a couple of VR headsets, mm-hmm. the uh, the Quest, the Meta Quests or yeah. whatever. And uh, on YouTube, I think I've mentioned this before. You can find the uh, the VR Disney attractions, and somebody had remastered the original Star Tours ride film. And so when How you're awesome watching, was that? It was. I'm going to do it again tonight, probably now that I'm just mentioning it. Uh, you watched in the VR headset and it feels like you're on the old school Star Tours. That's cool. I love it. So great. That's awesome. Did I tell the story about a lead we know before he worked there? Maybe during he worked there. Somehow went there drunk and didn't buckle his seatbelt and they didn't catch him. He like put it behind him and locked the seatbelt. And then sat there without the seatbelt on. He and another skipper. Really? Drunk, drunk, drunk. So they're sitting there with their seatbelts technically locked, but there's, and then as it started to go, they got launched forward and they spent the whole time drunkenly trying to hold on to things and they didn't (laughs) shut, no one shut the ride down. It was the whole trip. Yeah. I hadn't, I've never heard this story. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, the lead told me himself, he said, yeah, we got really drunk and went to Star Tours and hit it so we couldn't, which is the first drunk thing you're going to do is is hide the seatbelt so it looks like it's locked, but it's not, or, <laughs> or you're sitting on it. So they can't tell, you know, the lights will read that it's locked. That thing moves, man. It does. And he said he got launched like an airplane, just like whoosh, right out of the seat. <laughs> and we're rolling down the aisle because they had to sit on the aisle, of course, because that's the best place to sit when yeah. you're not buckled into anything. And then just rolled the whole trip trying to desperately drunkenly get up. <laughs> and they wouldn't stop it. They didn't stop. Evidently, no one, nobody was watching the safety thing. So, Yeah. We uh we got signed in from one of our friends once, and we went on Star Tours, and the guy in front of us was wearing the tallest hat you can buy at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. It blocked most of the screen. Oh, bummer. And so we asked him very nicely, hey, do you mind while the ride's going? Do you mind taking that hat off so we can see the ride? And he looked at us, said no, and proceeded to ignore us. So for the rest of the ride, we just smacked his hat as it bounced around. Uh, we just smacked it around every time the ride would move. And by the end of the ride, uh, we get off and we're pretty proud of our handling of the situation. Yeah. And apparently he uh, started crying and went to a cast member and said, those people were mean to me. And uh, it turned into a thing. Like the, wow. the cast member followed us out of Star Tours and yeah. was like talking, like, we got to call security over and we got to get statements and whatnot. And our friend who had signed us in is like, don't get into trouble because you, my name's on your tickets. Yeah. So we had to like scatter. Wow. <laughs> it was yeah. crazy. But the security. umbrage of that guy, the gall of that guy to be a jerk at the top of it and then get mad when somebody's a jerk back to him. Yep. Yep. You're nicer than me. I would have just taken and thrown it. <laughs> I think... Uh, that's the problem with sometimes being a giant. I haven't gotten in a fight since like high school, but I'll just throw it and be like, what are you going to do? They're like, nothing. I'm like, good, because I just peed my pants a little because I'm scared. <laughs> so I'm glad you're not going to start right. anything. I just would have hucked it. Been yeah. like, I asked you once nice. Take the hat off. Come on, man. Or just take it off. Your hand. Here you go. Yeah. Your hat fell off. <laughs> <laughs> Cried. How Was he a grown adult? He was a grown adult. <sighs> yeah. Makes me weep inside. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the people that know the Jungle Cruise script so well, they complain if you do any joke that's not on it. That's right. Uh, do you ever have guests go up and you can see them walk to the lead? And you're like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. And if you see them like laughing and smiling, you're like, oh good. Or if they're <laughs> angrily pointing. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst feeling. Did I, have I shared Rit Misi's trick? Um, speaking of Jungle Cruise jokes that could have gone horribly wrong. <laughs> uh, but they never did somehow. Uh, Rit had this foolproof technique that I used many a time uh, as you were ending your trip. If you had a really good boat, uh, you would stop at Trader Sam's and you go, hey, you guys were all great. I really enjoyed being your skipper. And so I want to let you on a little thing I want to do. So I'm going to go around this corner. And right when we stop at the dock, I'm going to finish saying a statement. And it's going to sound like a crazy lecture, whatever I say, when I'm finished saying it, <laughs> you need to applaud like it's the greatest thing you've ever heard. And, <laughs> and so inevitably be like, I, know so, one of his, I heard him do one of them. Yeah, it was great. It was, I think the one he always used to stick to was like, and that's why I think despite our best efforts, fascism is back on the rise yeah. and people would applaud <laughs> and go, yeah! go insane over it. <laughs> And so we'd always do that. And then one night I did it. It happened to coincide with every time a manager was on dock. 
And they're like, I don't know what you're saying out there, but this is going great. (laughs) (laughs) That is so awesome. That's a great thing. I remember hearing him do the fascism one. I'm like, what? And then they went nuts. I'm like, huh, that must have been a hell of a bit. (laughs) 